Welcome to the Influence Factory podcast. This program is dedicated to support professionals who have a desire to develop their digital business influence so they can navigate through a fast-paced, constantly growing digital world. We invite newcomers as well as our family of business influencers to a place to play, share ideas, questions, tips, and guidance with other thought leaders around the globe. Sit back and enjoy our program with our host, Dean Delisle, as he interviews guests. News and commentary is provided by Kate Hassett and Jackson Delisle. Power Move lessons are provided by the Influencer Marketing Department at Social Jack. And production, editing, and distribution is provided by the Social Jack production team. All right, welcome to another episode of the Influence Factory. We have a great show for you today and an amazing guest, Vlad, who will be chiming in live from Romania today, my homeland. I can't wait. Um, well, is it technically my homeland if I didn't? No. Yeah, okay. All right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Jackson was right on that. No, you were born in Hammond, Indiana, but, uh, <laughs> but your all your relatives are right off, you know, straight from Romania, so. But uh, anyway, okay, and um, so we have episode 65, uh, and so we are, uh, that's amazing that we're at episode 65. I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, this started out as a live coaching uh, program and then turned into what it is today, a podcast. So we're excited about that. Uh, we have some, uh, a lot of events coming up. I can't even uh, think of them all right now, but I know we have the uh, Wrigley Field event with Wayne Mesmer and uh, now Mark Carmen from WGN, and we'll be uh, uh, live there. And we have about eight tickets left. So those of you that are listening live, if you did not get in, please make sure that you get in because uh, it will be an exciting event and there will be a lot of cool media coverage. And then we give you special access to fun things. And uh, Kate, it's the Cubs. It's going to be great, right? Yep, exactly. And early bird pricing ends Friday. So if you're planning on attending, make sure you get that ticket this week. That's if the tickets last that long. So right on. All right. So uh, with that being said, uh, Kate, how do people play with us on social media? Um, Of course, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram at Social Jack. You can follow us there on Twitter at Get Social Jack. We'll be live tweeting Today's podcast and every episode of Influence Factory, just follow the hashtag Influence Factory. And then if you are not in our Facebook group yet, Business Influencer Alliance, we also stream live there as well as unique programming and news. Just send us a request to join and we will accept you. That's Business Influencer Alliance on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Super cool. All right. And uh, with that being said, um, Jackson, you want to take us into the news segment? Yes. So this week on the Influencer News Update, we're going to be talking about a new study that looks at rising Facebook video trends based on 9 million uploads. So after 9 million people have uploaded to Facebook, they're like, we should probably tell people what people are liking, right? So that way they're not, you know, posting, you know, things that are not going to perform well. They're basically giving you the tips that you need to succeed on Facebook, posting videos. And like we talked about a couple weeks ago, uh, the one of the biggest things is now that they're moving towards um, using vertical video as opposed to horizontal. So you're going to be using it vertically. Vertically, yes, that one. <laughs> I know. I was waiting for him to hit it. That way, we weren't confusing people. <laughs> so that's hot. That's hot dog versus hamburger, right? Yeah, yes. yeah. I love that. Yeah. So if you ever had to fold paper in grade school, that was probably something that, that someone told you. Uh, <laughs> and 
but yeah, so that that's a big thing because you know that's a big switch, and that's actually just as of this year. So last year, if you would have asked anyone, any digital marketer would have said, for sure, put it uh, horizontal, put it landscape. And now it's because everyone is looking at their, you know, uh, there's a lot of the social media apps that don't switch orientation when you flip your phone. So it's like having to switch it to watch a video is kind of a hassle at that point. Right. So that's something that you want to watch out for. And uh, Kate, do you want to talk about that at all or? Um, no, I mean, I think you pretty much covered it. We talked okay. about it last week, but I know the responses we got last week were like, oh, but we've been doing it this way forever. So it's just kind of more uh, backup, I guess, that, that things change and we know that things always change in digital. And even um, if you were on before uh, we went live or before uh, this call actually started and we did it in the we do behind the scenes in the Business Influence Alliance group. We were talking about how we had a team outing last week or last night. And even last night, we were all taking pictures this way because we trained our team to do so. And I have to like continually remind myself to switch it. But everything right now needs to be mobile friendly because people are spending all of their time on their phone. So it's just more evidence to back up that this is the way we should be doing it. It's kind of switched. And if you're not working that into your marketing strategy right now is the time to make it happen. So then last night I noticed um, that we took pictures both ways, I guess I'll just say, right? So yeah, yeah. so so in doing that, so a strategy for the audience that's listening, uh, should we have uh, should we have pictures that go, hold on, I'm going to take one this way and one this way, and then you split them up on different platforms that way? Or how do you see us going forward on some of this? I honestly think that it's all just going to move to vertical. Even LinkedIn. Yeah, everything that I'm seeing, it's all moved to vertical. And I think that just just because everybody's always on their phone. Um, A lot of people, you know, I mean, I do LinkedIn from my computer a lot. So those vertical videos look weird to me. But everybody that every study that we've seen, every survey that's done, every article that's coming out is saying that previous to what we used to think LinkedIn is now phones. Everybody's on their phone. They're scrolling on the train, scrolling on their lunch break. And so everything needs to be mobile friendly. And I think the best way to go now is just vertical for all things. Yeah. And Jackson, we did a lot of studying on, um, you know, sort of the length of video. And I was surprised in this article and sort of not surprised is that all of a sudden, you know, we talked about snackable content for years and keep it under 60 seconds, under two minutes, whatever it is. Um, and I think that's that's more so on the advertising side. But now we're talking about relevant and quality content. 10 to 15 minute videos are okay. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just keeping it. Uh, yeah, I put that, I put 10 to 15 more as like just a, a range of, you know, like it really doesn't matter as long as your content is relatable and, you know, that it's useful to them. You know what I mean? If it's useful information, of course they're going to sit through like, even I'll sit through like a 20, 40, I'll sit through a 40 minute interview if it's with someone that I, that I follow, someone that I, you know, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, anyone from Brooklyn nine, nine, you know, shows like that. I'll watch interviews on that, you know, uh, uh, Elon Musk, the, anything Joe Rogan does, like I'll watch hours of that. And, you know, and it doesn't have to be, you know, my attention span is only short on those advertising things. Like you said, you know, when they're trying to grab your attention, Hey, buy this product. And trust me, it works 80% of the time. I'm such like a 
perfect consumer, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I really, you know, and I, I noticed it as I was reading this article today, I was like, wow, it really doesn't like, if I like the content, I'm going to sit through however long that content is. Sure. Maybe I'll skip through it a little, but I'll still watch 80 to 90% of it. So I think that's a big thing that we all need to keep in mind. Uh, that the the length of the video should be determined by the content, not the predetermined length. Like it's going to be a six minute video, and if you didn't finish saying <laughs> those things in six minutes, just stop. You know what I mean? Like, well, and I think we were conditioned to because Robin uh, just chimed in. Uh, for years, you wouldn't be able to allow posts for videos more than ten minutes, and all of a sudden, there's full length movies on there. Yeah, right? yeah, like Instagram TV that allows for up to like hour long content i mean i think you have to have the verification like there's rules to it but right definitely yeah i i think that's a big thing to watch out for and then another thing that i want to talk about is live streams live streams yeah. are still getting the most engagement because people like uh when they're following someone they like to be able to engage with them in real time and not just leave a comment on their video because you know that's you know as you're seeing it there's times you can be like hey you know look who's chiming in who's you know, that we do it here. And um, wait, we're live streaming now. We are. That's <laughs> well, that's answer. if you're yeah. with us at, at 12, 10 p.m. Central U.S. Yeah. So this will be edited out. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just keep that in mind is that if you, you know, if you should have a good mix of video content, I'm not saying only live stream, like whatever you're about to do, figure out how to live stream it. Like, I, you know, you can upload videos that are pre, you know, edited, recorded, whatever you need to do, whatever you're going for. And then also at the same time, mix in some live streams in there because people like that, you know, uh, you know, the diversification of content, you know, if it's, if all content's the same, it's boring. Right. So, so yeah, uh, that's all for the influencer news update this week. So thanks for tuning in and uh, make sure to tune in next week. If you want to tweet to us throughout the week, you can tweet to us at, at Jackson Delisle, at Dean Delisle, at Kate Hassett, and at Get Social Jack. If you would like more content similar to this, please subscribe for more uh, to the Social Jack Influence Factory on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And, and Castbox, and soon not to be iTunes. Oh yeah, soon not right. to be iTunes because iTunes is—I don't know—I don't—I can't even get into that. We'll get into it next week on the Influencer <laughs> News Update. Tune in. <laughs> <laughs> this week's guest is Vlad Callas, uh, co-founder uh, at Planable and Command Center of Social Media Collaboration for Marketing Teams. Uh, Planable is used by more than 5,000 brands worldwide, including uh, uh, Mini, BMW, Volkswagen, SkyTeam, Wendy's, and many others. Uh, Vlad founded two nonprofits at the age of 16, dropped out of college, like myself, moved to another country with two friends, built Planable, Techstars London in 2017, and at 19 years old, became an honoree Forbes 30 Under 30 at 22 years old, and has been featured as a guest writer and marketer by multiple publications, including Social Media Examiner, Entrepreneur, uh, digital uh, agency, uh, and so many more. So, Vlad, welcome from Romania. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good, good. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, man, so many accomplishments at such a young age. And you're uh, you're at the uh, bright, spry young age of 26 right now, right? 23. Still 23. 23. Wow, I gave you three yeah. more years. Look at that. You're yeah, so exactly. <laughs> Imagine what I did at 23. So what I'm going to do at 26. Wow. I have right, no idea. Exactly, exactly. So, um, uh, so it, it's just uh, you, uh, I mean, so what, what drove you? I mean, was it just like, um, give us a little bit of the circumstances of how you started off in college and then all of a sudden you're like, that's not for me. I have to become a business. So take us before that time, maybe, uh, maybe your childhood, whatever was driven, whatever was part of you that created that sort of energy and idea and plan that, you know, Vlad, you know, you're beyond this. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, hmm. I would say that I started at the age of 16 when I started those nonprofits that you've mentioned. I was really getting involved in a lot of nonprofit organization and different projects for, for the community and for the people around my age. And I started with participating in those projects. But then I quickly understood that I... I'm not learning anything new anymore. And then I just start developing my own projects for my own community with the purpose to learn something and then just to do something for the community itself. And then I just ended up what are, in college. What, are some of the, what were some of those projects? What were some of the charities? Yeah, so um, right now I am a bit, I'm a, I, I still cringe a bit about those projects, but one of my favorite was uh, Academy of Mandalness. It, it was called Academy of Mandalness. We were building uh, like a short six-week academy for uh, boys around 16 and then 19 years old to teach them more about the manly manners, ethics, oh, nice. how to behave, how to dress up as a man, um, and just to help guys the same age as me to just be better uh, people be better men and be better husbands, friends, uh, boyfriends. Oh, that's great. That sounds like a good uh, program. Yeah. Well, like I a mentoring reading, program. Yeah. Yeah. Something, something like this. Yeah. I was reading a lot of uh, different websites around this topic, including on JQ and many other uh, magazines. And I just felt like I just was feeling that there was a huge need for this. And I ended up just building something for myself. And then it quickly started to grow up for different. We, we made five academies like this for the next two years. And then I got into college because my parents pressured me to, to go into college. I didn't really want to. And then I went in November 2016, 15 at the Startup Week in Moldova competition. Uh, so Startup Weekend is just an event where you just pitch your idea and then you end up creating a team. And I ended up being part of the team where there were uh, two of my co-founders, two of my right now co-founders. And we started building the, the projects right there. And we ended up winning the, the startup competition. And this quickly grow, grew up in so many things and started to create this avalanche of events, like this chain reaction. And we ended up just creating and starting this company, um, catering as a team. And we had an opportunity to move to Romania uh, in Cluj. Uh, it's like, the, they call it the Silicon Valley of Eastern Europe. And we moved to, to Romania to start our own company, the first company. All of us just quit our jobs. We, I broke up with my girlfriend back then. <laughs> I, um, I quit college and everything else. And I just moved to Romania to start my own company. And here we are right now. 
And you're in uh, Bucharest, which is the capital. Exactly, yes. We had, a, we had a good conversation early on where my family uh, is and was, and then where you're at. And then, um, do you currently have family there as well? No, I am, my family is in uh, Moldova, Republic right. of Moldova, which is close to Armenia. North, but I'm North, living... Northeast, right? Exactly, yeah. But I'm living here in Bucharest with my uh, current girlfriend, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, uh, so so what's the what's the startup tech community like? So there there had to have been a reason that you wound up there. Uh, is it just more supportive there? You know, what kind of things are at your disposal that have made it uh, beneficial for you to be there? Yeah, so we traveled around the world a lot over the past three years. Uh, when I just moved to Romania, we won a startup competition, and the first prize was to was a trip to Silicon Valley for two weeks. Wow! And we and we actually ended up in San Francisco not for two weeks, but for two months. And I had the chance to meet so many extraordinary people. I just can't even express to you what oh, how how this place changed me um, in San Francisco. And then we moved back to Romania. And after that, in 2017, we applied for Techstars London. Techstars is, a, is an accelerator program, one of the best opportunities that I've ever had in my life. Uh, extraordinary community, extraordinary people that I had the chance to meet. And then we lived in London for six months. Wow. But then we just started burning so much cash in London because housing and because offices and, you know, uh, and we just thought that we should move back to Eastern Europe. Uh, we didn't really want to move to Moldova because there is no so much talent in terms of marketing and business. Not so many people are building companies there. But there is Bucharest. Bucharest is the capital. There are a lot of flights connected with so many so many right. cities around the world. The startup community is growing. There are a lot of investors that are interested in um, building their portfolios. And there is so much talent because there are so many companies. For example, the first employee the first marketing employee that we got, she is Miruna. She worked at Uber before, wow. her, before that. And she was, and, and she's still with us. And she's one of the most extraordinary assets that we have uh, in the company. And she's, she really helped us from the very first day. And she's still doing right now an extraordinary job on uh, everything on the marketing. Well, that's great. So you got some of the combined experience that she learned out of Uber. Yeah, exactly. And we got so many, we, we, we just have the experience so, so big and it's so, there are a lot of like worldwide stuff that all of us learn and we are still implementing right now in Planet. Right. And um, so where does, uh, I have to ask, where does uh, becoming a pilot come into all this? Yeah. So actually it's not only, I actually can't, uh, I have a tattoo also on I, my I arm. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and actually, um, I just, I felt like from the very childhood, I always wanted to become a pilot. I, I still have no idea where this is coming from, but I was always passionate about airplanes and aviation and everything else. I'm still super passionate about this. I wanted to become a pilot before going to college, but uh, it's super expensive to, to become a pilot. It's around like 50K. Uh, to do this for all of the licenses and so wow. on. Uh, and coming from Eastern Europe, you obviously don't have this kind of budget. So I just ended up like rolling out with my life. But right now, my dream is just to get some money uh, on the side and then just get this as a hobby. Uh, because 
in Romania, not so far from my home, there is an airstrip and also there is an aviation club. Oh, and I'm nice. definitely thinking of joining it in probably three or five years. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. You just, uh, I told you earlier when you and I were talking that uh, there's a lot of similarities of just things that drive you, your heart for giving back and, and working with the charities, um, just going after, um, you know, being a, being a pilot. Mine was more uh, martial arts and, you know, fighting and that sort of thing because I grew up as a street fighter and I was driven toward understanding how to control myself and things like that. But it's, it's interesting how we, based on, on early urges that we have or yearnings that we have, how we, it sort of dictates our roadmap uh, and, and our decision points of how we arrive at places. Um, are there some people that you can talk about that from uh, early on that were part of some of these pivots that you took to get here today? Where you're at? Definitely, definitely, yeah. So the first best person that I would mention is uh, Xenia. She's my co-founder and our CEO at Planable. I I want to mention her because I think that Planable exists right now a lot because of her, because she was constantly pushing our team in the even in the worst scenarios, even through some very dark times that we had as a team and as a company, things were not always going well. And, you know, a startup, it just goes like this all the time. Um, and she was always like trying to keep us on track and make sure that we still give it one more try, give it one more chance, give it one more month. And we just ended up from one month and then through three and then for six and then one year and two. And right now I'm at my fourth year. I'm still going to do this for another four at least. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and there are also two other people that I can definitely mention. Um, this is my girlfriend. She helped me a lot uh, over the past two years to make sure that I keep on track and make sure that I um, never um, disappoint myself and never disappoint the community around because right now there is so much at stake and there are so many stakeholders that it's super it's super super hard to to take a step back and uh, quit everything and then there is also one more incredible man he's called jag singh he was one of our lead in mentors at techstars london he was the guy that supported us from the very first day when he met us. Uh, he was also one of our customers for a couple of months because he just wanted to support us. He just put his he just put his credit card on Planable and just paid for three months. It was uh, I don't know. It still it still feels surreal because we we really need, needed this support. We really we were back when we were searching for our first customers and any any like little penny, little little single <laughs> dollar already was like tons of boost for our team. And uh, he, he really helped a lot. And I would say these are the three people that helped me a lot during the journey. Wow, that's awesome. And, you know, it's funny, those of us that maybe have been in business for a while, and I'll, I'll go out to the audience on this. Do you remember your first customer? It's like, wow, you know, and so you have such a good memory of, of that hunger and that desire to have that first customer and, and you just never forget going forward that first, you know, you'll notice that sometimes, um, I don't know if it's uh, customary in, in Eastern Europe, but some businesses you walk into, like their first dollar is in a frame on the wall. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, and now everything's so digital. I don't know if, if people do that anymore, but you, you remember that first dollar, that first customer. We have, we don't have the first dollar, but we have the first uh, screenshot of the first payment. So, <laughs> so it's so it's kind of similar to this because we have a screenshot in Stripe. So yeah, and I and I and that that's definitely a true story because I do remember the same thing uh, for us. I. Uh, our first customer paid for the yearly plan uh, for a whole year in advance. Uh, it was like, pff, wow, it, it, we, we were so super excited. We were not even waiting for someone to pay yearly, not, not, not even paying, but when, when we saw it, I, and they are still with us actually. Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome news. I know it's funny, whenever we get excited and, um, uh, you know, my, uh, my wife would, uh, would say, you know, I'd go, oh my gosh, so-and-so's going to sign with us. And she goes, is the money in the bank? Did we get the wire transferred? Did the credit, did you get the credit card and did the credit card work? You know, there's all these stages of completion uh, of getting through that process. So it's just, uh, that's a forever thing, you know, where. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. In fact, uh, we had somebody yesterday and they were basically like, uh, do you want my credit card right now? And I was just, yes. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so I'm fascinated because you went, I've been to Silicon Valley quite a bit, but you went in a different frame of mind and, and in an event, an, I want to say an exploratory adventure is what it sounded like. What, um, what was that like? You said it was just it was just mind blowing. So, what things there helped you in the business that you have today? That's what I'm most curious about. Hmm. I would say the first thing is a lot of um, not confidence, but patience. I would say that patience um, it's very very important in building any company because it took us one and a half years to get our first customers. And then it took us two years in total to get to product market fit and understand that people are actually willing to pay for this. We are super excited about this. We are definitely solving a problem and it's definitely something that people need. I mean, it took us two years and believe me, I was thinking to quit in those two years a lot of times because obviously when, when things are not working, you, you, are not, you are not trying to do this, but subconsciously, your mind just goes in, it's not working, you should definitely start thinking about doing something else and so on. But again, as I said, um, we, all of our co-founders really, were really like super tied to each other. We were always supporting uh, each other. We were always trying to get things moving and make sure that we try one more time, give it one more chance and so on. Uh, and then I would say the, first, the second uh, thing that helped us a lot is talking, like speaking with lots and lots of people, constantly speaking about our idea, constantly speaking about Planable and the way it works, constantly asking for feedback, connecting with people and try to connect with as many people as you can and always try to follow up, build your own network, ask for any interest on other people because helping building, uh, because Building a network helped us a lot to get into testers because lots of people, when we just got into testers, lots of people were sending emails to the managing director to and recommending us because they knew that we are definitely a great team. We are super young, we are super passionate, and we know what we are doing, and we definitely have to be part of it. And then the third thing that I would say is the most important. It's being passionate about what you are building. 
Because lots of people will start building the companies, uh, a company for the sake of money or just for the sake of an opportunity or something that they saw a gap in the market that we want to fill. But it's totally different when there is someone with a lot, and when I'm saying a lot, like I want to emphasize it, 10x, passion of what we are building and trying to solve a problem that we actually felt. And that's exactly our case because all of us worked in digital agencies before. We personally struggled with the issue that we are solving right now. We all of us uh, felt the same need to build something that we are building right now. And all of us were struggling and having issues with this workflow and processes that we are actually solving three years after that. Yeah, so let's get let's get into that a little bit. So uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, sort of that inherent problem that you saw in the world from the digital agency perspective and then and then building out and then what do you, you know, how does Planable actually solve that today? Yeah, so uh, as I was saying, all of us worked in digital agencies before uh, starting Planable. And we personally struggled with the issue of creating content for our clients in uh, Microsoft Excel documents or spreadsheets. And I mean, all of us, any marketer worked in Excel documents to create the content. Like, I mean, it's, it's nothing new. But we were working with some of the big clients and it was super frustrating for us that in 2017 or or 15, we are creating some of the most innovative campaigns ever in the world. And then we are still working in a tool that was built in the eighties. <laughs> Excel. Like what the hell? Seriously. <laughs> so it was the first part. And then we, and, and it was super frustrating because we were sending this Microsoft Excel documents to our clients to wait for feedback. Sometimes we were getting the feedback back in a couple of minutes or a couple of hours. That was okay. But sometimes it was taking them a couple of days or even weeks, weeks, because they forgot about this email. Because it was buried in their inbox, right? Exactly, yeah, because it's buried in their inbox. And then we just hated it because the campaigns were delayed. We had to create content again. And then there was everything on fire. And it was, we didn't have only one client. We had like 10 clients at the same time. And the, the issue was with all of this, especially that we are communicating not only on emails, but also Skype, also uh, phone calls, also uh, like WhatsApp, Messenger, and everything else. And all of this communication is scattered across so many tools, so many platforms, some, so much stakeholders that it gets a mess. Like you, it's really, we, we are still surprised how we didn't get insane on this. And well, then, especially because the client's also passing content around. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. And then we just started. Uh, we just started looking for uh, different solutions. We tried Hootsuite. We tried Buffer. We tried Sprout Social. Uh, we tried so many platforms, and none of them did, did really worked for us because we were looking for a platform that we could exchange this feedback and ideas with the client. And then we just thought that okay, let's let's just build something for us. And we started building this platform for us to solve our own problem. And then we quickly understood that lots of agencies were starting to finding out about this. And then they were saying that, hey, actually, that's, can, can, you, can you share this with me? Can, I, can, can, I <laughs> can we use access? it too? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then we were like, wait a sec. I mean, we are on something. We, we are onto something. And we just started building Planable and then testing first mock-ups and testing first uh, prototypes and iterations of it. And everyone from the very first day when they saw how Planable worked, they were like, yes, that's it. I want to do this. And 
Deplanable, what it is today, it's a content collaboration platform for agencies, freelancers, and marketing teams. So what sets us apart from any other social media tool is the fact that Planable helps you see how the content would look like before publishing any. Uh-huh. So basically, we duplicated all the types of content like GIFs, images, URL, carousel posts, and so on. We duplicated them for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And then we are helping you preview how the content looks like, exchange feedback and ideas exactly like you would do that in Google Docs, and then ask for approval in order to make sure that everyone is on the same page and everyone is happy with the content. And then everyone can see the same thing and the same and have the access to the same information. They can simply just schedule the content to social media directly. And we also recently introduced not only uh, the, the social media posts, but we also introduced Instagram stories, which is super exciting because now it allows you to see how the Instagram story would look like before publishing any. And you wow, can also the create... The entire story, the entire sequence? Yes, wow. exactly. Yeah, you can create all of your sequence and you can also create the stories directly in Planable. We built a simple composer window. You can add text, you can add images, you can add videos. And we also hope to do lots of other stuff in the future. Wow. And um, and how about the reporting? Have you guys gotten into the analytics and the reporting side of it? Because I think that's still a challenge today, you know, based on, you know, data reliability, timing, updates, all that. Definitely. Yeah, uh, that, that's a really great question. But frankly, we are not really uh, interested into analytics just because we think that Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and everyone else is doing a really great job. I don't even think that you need to use any tools for analytics. I think that especially Facebook, it provides all the data that you need in the Excel that you can simply download. Um, but, but we also think that the analytics space is super crowded and it's not the value that we can innovate with. Right. Because we started from the very premise that we want everyone to be on the same page. We want teams to be more efficient by exchanging feedbacks and ideas on the social media content. Right. And so focus, what, on, focus on the quality of and feedback of the content and the collaborative nature of the content. Exactly. Yes. Uh, and because lots of like teams are wasting, teams are wasting so much time just on exchanging information instead of focusing on creative content. Teams are, and, and, and if teams are not collaborating on the content, it can cause many PR crises for them. Oh, yeah. For example, for example, just imagine a couple of cases. So, for example, like uh, the Dove ads. There were a couple of Dove ads with like the woman that takes off her shirt and then she becomes from black to a white woman. Right. And then this post was posted on Facebook. It was like three or four years ago. And imagine that it went only for it went only to the hands of a couple of people that were involved in the process. But imagine what would happen if the DAF would work in Planable and then invited all the stakeholders from all of the offices to just look at the post, just not even leave a comment, but just look at the post and give some feedback or give some idea. Because if everyone from, uh, if everyone from different industries and from different departments, including like HR, uh, different directors, brand managers, marketing managers, social media, and so on, could get involved into the same space and see the same content, everyone would be on the same page and no misunderstandings and PR crisis like this would happen. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Good point. Um, 
And um, in your um, in your recent book, Marketing uh, Teams of the Future, it feels like um, you, sort, you sort of brought the collaborative nature of, of the future to us and, and are starting to help us eliminate these tools from the 80s, um, which I'm from the 80s, so there you have it. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was there when they were created, uh, and, the, and it wasn't pretty back then either. Um, and so how do you see marketing teams working differently you know, today from what they have been? And then where do you see them changing or evolving to? Definitely. That's a great question. So I spoke, I made uh, more than 10 interviews with with people from different industries and uh, different types of companies and so on. And then I found out that lots of people were working totally different. I mean, obviously totally different from what we had uh, right now. And 30 years and 20 years ago, and even in the beginning of 2000s, Lots of people that were working in both brands and agencies are saying that the main thing that is different is the amount of meetings because people were wasting a lot of time in the meetings. I believe that we still do that, but we just meetings change from, from physical meetings to virtual meetings and also to Slack and emails and so on. Uh, and this was the first part. And then the second part is was like, because a lot of stuff was physical, a lot of stuff was on the plate. Even pitches to the client did not happen on email or uh, on a phone call. It was happened directly into the office of the people. People were like trying to always connect face to face because I guess they just didn't have the other chances and we, it was like the only way to make something happen. And then the third thing that changed a lot is that people were uh, building things manually, like literally with their hands. People were like painting all the ads and creating the websites, first of all, with their hands instead of just going into the computer and starting coding this and so on. So the things moved a lot into many phases. And I actually, um, we actually analyzed the industry and we think that there were, there are a couple of phases of the marketing industry in the past four years, uh, for 40 years. So the first one, it was, the generation zero when there was only WordStar and Lotus. It was like the first machines that you were helping. I'm impressed you found that. I thought we buried that well. Yeah, that's that's a lot of, I I speak a lot about this in the book and I highly recommend if anyone is interested in finding out more about the marketing uh, past, it's super exciting of, of what happened like in so much, so little time. Because after WordStar, which is just um, like the first, first computers, it came the second generation of WYSIWYG, is what you see is what you get. Uh, and the first generation, it came with Adobe, with PowerPoint, with um, Microsoft Word and so on that helped you like see how the page would look like and like trying to be all of this drag and drop and so on. And then there comes the third generation. It was the what you see is what you get, like the WYSIWYG, but with a cloud. So we see everything moving to the cloud. It was the beginning of 2000s. We see Gmail, we see Salesforce, Salesforce. we see Canva, WordPress, Wix, uh, Adobe Creative Cloud, and many more. And then there comes, there comes the fourth generation. Uh, this is the generation that enables teams to work collaboratively. Uh, this is, for example, Slack. Slack is, I believe, is the best example because they grew up so fast, especially because there was a huge need for teams to collaborate easily. Uh, 
right. also uh, Asana, Envision App, uh, Pipedrive, and many more. And then we believe that right now there is happening the fifth generation of not only collaborative platforms, but agile platforms, platforms that are helping you to work agile with any member of your team. Because you could, a couple of years ago, you could create your social media campaign for the next, for the next month or even six weeks, six months in advance. But what, and you can't do this right now. I mean, you technically can, but we wouldn't recommend this because the world is changing right now so, so fast that you can quickly become irrelevant in just three weeks if you do not keep up the pace with everything what's happening in without social media. Yeah, and, and, if you, and, if you don't, and if you don't publish the right type of content, if you don't do the right type of thing, if you uh, do not reflect everything what's happening around Well, you heard us talking earlier about uh, the video changing. You know, it was, it was, you know, all of a sudden go, ver you know, horizontal. Now let's go yeah. back vertical, you know, so... Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, the things are moving so fast and you are only winning. I believe that you are only winning if you are trying the latest things. And exactly like you guys said that live right now is generating the most views uh, on social media. I'm, uh, I'm super sad that I don't have the access to LinkedIn video live because I'm still in Eastern Europe and we right. don't get the earliest access to this. But if I could do this, I would probably just live stream at least once a week for all of my audience to... I don't know, shared lots of stuff that we are building. Even probably share, share how our office looks like and just uh, make this as a promotional video for the new job positions that we are opening next week. Right. And so, I mean, tons and tons of stuff that you can do. But people, and this is exactly why we build Planable, to help teams be more agile, uh, move fast, iterate fast, get feedback, constantly ask for uh, feedback and constantly implement all of this fast. Yeah, that's awesome. And, um, and uh, so, so, you know, so you think uh, teams now we're in this fifth generation of, um, of really moving into being more collaborative. And what I liked about uh, Slack and some of the other platforms is, you know, we still have a world that's divided between Android and Apple. And, and, you know, we've got PCs and Macs out there. Um, and now, you know, I think, tools like Slack and some of the other ones made it so it doesn't matter what you have. We're just, we just want to work together. Yeah, exactly. Especially that Slack and uh, all the other platforms similar to this, they are enabling teams to work from anywhere at any point. Yeah. Uh, and it's available at any platform. This is why, for example, at Planable, we try to focus on the mobile app from as soon as we can. Uh, because all the social media teams are working from mobile. We are trying to create new content. We are posting something from mobile. We are just taking a picture from an event and we want to publish this on the Facebook pages that we are managing. And this is why we created the mobile app as well to just make sure that teams can iterate fast and they can have the overview. And also, especially for the clients, that the clients that are people that usually just don't have the time for social media or right. like big executive people, they just don't even look at social media. And this is why it's especially easy to use just a, just a mobile phone app to just look at this, look at the content, click a couple of approve buttons, and then leave a comment, and that's it. And you, you just move on. Yeah. So, so besides uh, Slack and some of the other ones that you mentioned, are there other, uh, and Planable, of course, are there other tools that you find that are useful as part of you know, being in the digital marketing space? 
Definitely. I actually have a list uh, that I also presented in the book and I can, uh, I can definitely present here as well. Uh, so uh, the second one was Envision App. I would highly suggest Envision App for any prototyping or anything that you're working on the content. Uh, on uh, on images and then there is also Frame.io it's it's like planable but for video uh, Frame.io uh, is helping you a lot to create video content and also like collaborate on all the bits and pieces of a video uh, there is also ConvertKit I really love this platform because it enables e email marketing tools to grow your blog and businesses it's called a Convert Convert kit. Yeah, I can, uh, let me just leave, uh, I can leave the, uh, where I can send you this on email, where I can add Yeah, this just send it to Jackson and we'll put it in the show notes so that'll work out good. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was saying then again, Slack, there is also Front App. It's a way to collaborate on email support. Super awesome platform. Also, I am following the founder, uh, Matilde. She's an amazing founder. <laughs> uh, there is also Zoom, uh, I right. think. Yeah, I think that Zoom is doing an extraordinary, like incredible job with everything that they innovated because I, I just I just couldn't believe that it's different from any other platforms. But right. then I, just, I just tried Zoom one day. I saw the image and video quality so, so good that we just switched all of the platforms and all of the people to Zoom uh, that we are working with. Right. Uh, and there's also Airtable. Airtable oh, yeah. We love Airtable. Yeah, that's great. We call it spreadsheets, but on, on steroids. <laughs> yeah, and then there is Dropbox or Google Drive, depending on what you use for assets. Management. Right, right. So are you an Apple or Android person? I'm Apple. Uh, I switched to Apple in July 2017. And I'm not sure if I'm ever going back because I just love Apple and everything that we do. Um, obviously I'm not using, I'm not using tons of air products. This is just my computer and my phone. Right. Uh, but I just, what I love about this platform is that we are constantly connected to each other. Uh, and I can simply just simply interact with both of the devices, like one single thing. Right. Right. Cool stuff. Well, Vlad, this has been uh, this has been great. You know, in terms of getting to getting to know you better, getting to understand your journey and and your uh, story to influence, and um, really taking it to that uh, next level. We've had a lot of uh, people in the variety of audiences that we have here uh, chime in and ask some questions. Um, and so, uh, as you know, as we think about this, it was funny that a lot of people chimed in and said. Um, you know, first of all, they never understood the history, you know, that you went through, which was super cool, well-defined. Uh, a lot of people said that they had no um, uh, idea about half the platforms that you talked about, which I think is the great mystery today. It used to be, it's like, uh, you know, you mentioned Lotus, uh, I think even Lotus Notes or whatever, but it's like, uh, you know, WordStar. And, and people would be like, oh, did you get the latest uh, software that does this? And it was like, you know, it was like one word processor and then one spreadsheet. And then all of a sudden there was two, then there was three. And today there's like, holy smokes, there's, there's, there's 30 options. It's even mind blowing to me because I used to be in the CRM space. How many CRM programs are still coming out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like how can there be another solution for that? <laughs> yeah, especially, and especially that now the marketing software solutions quadrupled in the number of tools each year since 2010. So now, like literally, imagine, 
that MarTech advisor uh, and MarTech zone just calculated what's happening uh, in, in the marketing industry. And in 2011, there were 150 marketing tools for like almost everything the marketer would never imagine having it. Right. Uh, Don Draper, Don Draper would not even think about the platforms that we are that we are working in right now. And then today, by their estimative calculations, there are more than seven thousand platforms for marketers for almost any single thing that you want. And I'm sure that this is just the beginning of the industry. Well, and we're in the influencer marketing and influencer development space. And, and so in that space alone, um, we're, we're now tracking over 750 influencer platforms that have just popped up over the last six months. It's like, wow. <laughs> it's hard. Um, this, is why, this is why I love the marketing industry, because it's hard to keep track of everything. The things are moving and changing so, so fast, especially with so many things, because Facebook is introducing one thing and then tomorrow Instagram is coming up with another thing. And then there is Twitter, there is uh, TikTok, and then there are so many platforms. Uh, this is why even, this is why on the Planable blog, we are launching uh, each month um, marketing industry news article, just to sum up all of the news and what's happening around the marketing industry each month. Right. And it's super helpful for us, as, for us as the marketing guys in, in the team, because at least we 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 it's our one chance to keep up with the industry and know what's happening in there yeah excellent excellent and it's interesting so real quick i'd like you to give just the nugget that you and i talked about before the show when i asked you what's your favorite social media if you could just tell us the why in there i thought that was genius about how you compared linkedin to twitter etc so tell us uh, what's your favorite social media uh, and why definitely yeah so um i was saying that uh, my favorite social media is twitter right now because um twitter is a place that people are trying to connect in, in, a, in a different way from any other social media. People are always trying to support each other. I, I, I follow so many entrepreneurs like that are starting their companies and then I see tweets a month after, three months after, six months after with their updates that, hey, I got my first customer. Hey, I got my fifth customer. Hey, I got, because of this guy, I got my 10th customer. And it's so super exciting to see people like growing personally, uh, professionally and as a company. And I also follow so many entrepreneurs that are sharing their wisdom and everything else. And what sets Twitter apart from LinkedIn, which is a platform that I loved and enjoyed, and uh, I was so obsessed with LinkedIn last year. But the problem that I have with LinkedIn right now uh, is the fact that it got transformed into so much fluff. Um, and I'm not sure that even fluff is the right word because so many people are just trying to share stories with nothing nothing true and nothing nothing in essence but then there is twitter when people have a limited space to speak and to talk there are only 280 characters and people get to the point directly like immediately and all the time that i go on twitter there is always something something useful something nice something interesting something that i can share with my audience something that i can share with a friend or with my company or with the people that i'm working with or even with my customers. And it's super exciting. 
Yeah, that's cool. I appreciate you sharing with that. And I, I always love different viewpoints of, of the yeah. why and how of, of different social for sure. So folks, we want you to check out planable.io. Let's bring uh, Jackson and Kate back. And then those of you in the audience, I'd like you to chime in real quick and, and tell us what you got out of today's session, like your takeaway uh, for yourself. So, um, so Kate, why don't you jump in since we talked a lot about your world, right? So uh, what did you think about today's episode? Well, you know, it's, it's, I love his story. Well, I love his journey and I love everything he's been through and how he's gotten to where he is today. But the really interesting thing for me that I know I have said multiple times is when he was talking about the Dove campaign and I know, you know, we're technically, we consider ourselves an agency, even though we're above it. But, um, w- you know, we deal with clients a lot of times who come back and they, they don't even talk to me until they're upset about something. You know, something on social media went out and, and they never approved it, but they didn't respond to any of the emails that I had sent them. So I love the idea of something that's collaborative because I've worked in this environment and then I've also worked in an environment where we did the majority of the marketing in-house um, and didn't use an agency. And it's exactly what you said. We were always trying to message stakeholders to see what they thought of different things and, and just in trying to get ahead of having a PR crisis. And so I think you're right on the money. If people had more of an invested stake in the content going out and they were able to collaborate on a tool like Planable, not only would it make sure everybody was on the same page, but it would make sure you're not putting out as many fires as you are. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, Vlad, does it, uh, does it send, uh, does it, does it ping the client when things are not, when they're not responding in a timely manner based on their commitment to respond? They are definitely receiving all the types of notifications. They will receive notifications on mobile, on email. So if you are trying to get into your client, he will definitely get at least angry because of all of this notification and he will, he or she will definitely try to respond to at least one message that you are sending. And also one thing that we've implemented from the very beginning was an activity log. So in Planable, you are also able to see any activity on any posts and even previous versions of the posts. So for example, if teams changed and iterated on feedback a couple of times, we can simply just restore the previous versions of the post because the client might say, hey, actually, do you remember the text that you added last week? Let's get this back. And you can simply do this in Planable. You don't even have to do anything wrong. Can, can you set uh, electrical pulses so it shocks them or something? <laughs> this is, yeah, this is something that we can see if, if maybe iPhones and Android have this, device, have this into the device implemented. This is definitely something that we can add for a couple of customers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Jackson. I'm like, I'm like sitting here going, this is unreal. Like this isn't a thing that actually exists. Right. Cause like you're explaining stuff that like, we're like, we don't know how to fix this problem. And then you came on the show and you're like, I have the answer to all of your problems. (laughs) Well, not all of them, but I hopefully. But the biggest ones that are most pressing, let's be honest. Uh, So I like was, I, while you guys were talking, I was like, okay, planable.io. And then I was like clicking around, looking at like features, pricing. And I love, I just, I love your website. It says costs less than a PR crisis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because, and I, it, yeah, does, because- it does cost less than a PR crisis. So that's, that's awesome. And then you guys uh, are used by like wild Turkey, Wendy's. These are all my favorite places. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> so yeah, no, that's it's just awesome that you can collect like they like what you said. You know, need uh, we're in a place right now where we need the use for collaborative you know workspaces where you can collaborate along but no one uh you know i've i've heard uh people talk about this at summits and things like that i've uh but i've you know never spoken to one of the founders you know so that was really cool and i think that you know th this is one of the best uh ways you know i was watching some demos in the background and i think it is uh you know one of the best ways for a collaborative workspace if you're working in content so that is really cool to, yeah. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Really appreciate hearing that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we have a lot of our audience who chimed in as well. So we'll make sure that they get all the links. And then, uh, uh, so remember uh, the mandate before we announce, we always have a couple of winners, uh, Vlad, that we uh, give away some Starbucks gift cards. You have Starbucks there, right? Yeah, we have yeah. it. Uh, not, so, not, not so far from my office, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Starbucks is everywhere. It's like McDonald's. Yeah. They figured out how to get around the planet. But um, remember what we ask each and every one of our listeners and audience members is please um, share what you learned today, whether it was part of uh, Vlad's inspirational story and his journey uh, and the way that he pivoted and started up his organization. And I really, for me, how you stuck with it, there was that point where you're like, you, you get into the question of, should I keep doing this? Is this what I should be doing? Should I go do something else and, and just commend you for sticking with it? Uh, that was my biggest takeaway. And so I want to make sure that you share that with people that you care about uh, because you're all influencers and thought leaders out there. We want to make sure that you share Vlad's story, share his, you know, his hard work out there in the world. And then um, in Jackson, I think we're ready for our two winners. Who's our two winners today? Yeah. So today in the Zoom uh, platform, we have Robin Coles. Oh, Robin. And then uh, in the Facebook Live, we have uh, Marilee uh, Jacoby Popovich. So, Oh, there we go. All right. So then uh, hopefully you have a Starbucks. Now, the two of you have a special assignment that you are, when you are with the person face-to-face -face having that Java or tea of your choice, uh, at Starbucks is to really uh, share and have a collaborative conversation together about what you, what you learned from Vlad and, and his uh, company and his wisdom that he shared with us today uh, at a little more in-depth. So maybe take out your phones when you're together and say, oh my gosh, I saw this great tool or this is Vlad's journey. I just want to share it with you. So make sure that you all do that. You're all thought leaders in our world and we appreciate each and every one of you and Flat, uh, we, we really just appreciate you for coming on and, and uh, thanks for staying up. Uh, well, it's not too late there, right? No, it's not too late. I was, I, I was happy that we didn't schedule the, the podcast for like 2 a.m. on my time. <laughs> we do a lot of overseas training and I feel bad when they make it just one time for everybody because I know that some people stay up way too late. But thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being part of the Social Jack team and uh, we'll definitely... Uh, uh, keep tuned in for updates and we'll keep our audience tuned in on your progress too. So thank you so much again from all of us here and uh, we'll see everybody online in the next show. So take care, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Influence Factory podcast. We welcome feedback and suggestions. You can provide these by visiting our website at www.myinfluencefactory.com. 
And if you are interested in Social Jack's 90 Days to Influence program, you can simply go to 90daystobusinessinfluence.com and simply ask for the next steps. While our program airs regularly on Zoom webcasts and Facebook Live on Wednesdays at noon central, we invite you to download episodes on your favorite channel, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and who knows where else in the future. We will also provide occasional on-location live streams with special guests that we will announce in our community Facebook group, Business Influencer Alliance, as well as on all Social Jack channels. Our mission is to help you build your digital business influence with this podcast, as well as inspire, educate, and entertain those who are hungry to collaborate in a cool place with cool business professionals just like you.